You're listening to WEHC 90.7 FM, and this is Art Speaks, a program presented by the William King Museum of Art. I'm Lakin Bridges, Director of Higher Education and Art Lab Manager at WKMA, and I'll be the host for today's episode. For those of you who are unfamiliar, WKMA is an art and culture museum in Abingdon, Virginia. You can learn more about everything that we do at williamkingmuseum.org. Today I'm here with Alice Salyer. She's our digital lab manager. Hi, Alice. Hi, Lakin. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you here. And Alice and I are going to be talking about the gallery spaces that we have in Art Lab. So we have two gallery spaces in Art Lab. They're located on the upper level. And these spaces are specifically for educational exhibits. They may involve student work. They could involve teacher or faculty work or might even include art by members of the community or local artists. And we use these spaces to present work and to talk about work for educational opportunities to learn about design, about the formal qualities of art making, about um, conceptual decisions in art, and uh, we use this as a platform for our teachers and students in the community. So recently we had an exhibition in the museum called Bernini and the Roman Baroque, And this was focused on um, art by Bernini and other Baroque artists. And it was a really beautiful show, very dramatic. And we hosted a a student and faculty exhibition called If It Ain't Baroque. And this was in our art lab gallery next door to the museum. And this is a really fun opportunity to showcase contemporary work by students and teachers alike that explored broadly explored themes of the Baroque period, such as drama, a sense of movement, color, emotion. So this was a really great opportunity for students and teachers to be in conversation with this very historical Baroque art. And it was a great opportunity for the public to come in and see how contemporary artists were responding to those types of themes. Uh, so that uh, that show, the student and teacher show, If It Ain't Baroque, recently came down. So also during this exhibition, we had a typography exhibition right around the corner in another part of Art Lab's gallery spaces. And Alice coordinated this typography exhibition. And I, I just have to say, it blew me away. It was I couldn't imagine what it was going to look like. I'm just was astounded by the range of work that was pulled together for this exhibit. So Alice, tell us a little bit more about this typography exhibit. Thanks, Lakin. I coordinated this exhibit with Kelly Porter, graphic design professor at East Tennessee State University. It was her sophomore level graphic design students typography class, and the work in the exhibit was pulled from their class's final project. And it was all about experimental typography. It was getting outside of the students' comfort zones with typography. It was using typography as part of video, as part of 3D work. It's definitely not just your typical posters or resume layouts. We had textile work. We had sculpture. We had collage. We had several kinetic works or works that involved movement or video. I was very excited to see the work that the students did for this show. And actually, it was 
successful enough that at least one of the works was also included in the museum's new Humor Me exhibit. Yes, I believe the name of that piece is Take a Stab at It. Yes, that's correct. And it's a textile piece. The artist, she put so much time and effort into this. And do you know how she made this work that you're talking about? It's a textile piece that she felted and she stuffed each letter with cotton and then each letter is hung up on the wall. And she displayed it with a little box of pins, like sewing pins, so the general public can actually take a pin and stab it into one of the letters that make up the artwork. So it's an interactive piece. I have to say it's very satisfying um, when this piece was in our education gallery. Uh, I love to walk by every morning and stab it <laughs> with a pin. <laughs> it's a great way to start the day or end the day. And it's just as fun now that it's in the gallery in the museum in the Humor Me exhibition. Again, it's just great to see these stuffed felted letters that spell out the phrase, take a stab at it. And then you can literally push a little pin right into the felt. It's very satisfying. <laughs> yes, it is. So the typography exhibit, the student typography exhibit, unfortunately has come down at this point. But we do have a new exhibition coming up in our Art Lab Gallery. It is called In Poor Taste, A Celebration of Truly Bad Art. Now, that's a title if I ever read one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mouthful. <laughs> As a teacher and an artist myself, I have kind of a, a knee-jerk reaction to, to the term bad art. There's, of course, it's loaded with anxiety thinking about bad art and making bad art or having to grade bad art. Oh, <laughs> grading is terrible. <laughs> but the, I also have uh, some curiosity as an artist. I, I know from personal experience that um, some really interesting things come from what I consider my bad art. So can you tell us a little bit about this exhibit and tell us what on earth is going to be in this bad art show? <laughs> Happy to, Lakin. This exhibit is coming out of, well, it's twofold. Some research in coming across the Museum of Bad Art in Massachusetts. It's coming out of my own love of art that may be considered so bad it's good. My love of the tacky, sometimes the, the lowbrow. My own struggles with accepting my failures as an artist and also, it's coming out of a house I lived in back in the, the mid-90s that came with a very large, ornately framed, velvet Michael Jackson painting that was left behind in the closet. And my own regrets about not taking that great piece with me when I moved. We have been accepting work from some very brave local artists who are willing to share what they consider their failures. It's a lot of work that they consider work that's learning, their student work, um, maybe commissions that have failed and they've gone on to produce better work. It's coming from local thrift stores. It's coming from work that people have maybe collected or inherited over the years that they consider bad, but despite that, still love it. So Alice, our listeners might be thinking, 
okay, now art is subjective. What really constitutes bad art? What can you tell us? What, what is your criteria? What have you been looking for when you're looking for bad art submissions? That's right, Like an Art is very subjective, and what one person considers bad art, other people may consider wonderful, impactful art. So I had to settle on some criteria for art that's being accepted into the show, and work that's accepted may fit one category or several categories. We're starting with poor craftsmanship, maybe inexperience with drawing the human figure, um, poor materials, um, materials that are not lasting, materials that are falling apart, harmful messaging, messaging that is discriminatory or supporting ideas that are maybe racist or sexist and not acceptable in contemporary art. Poor design choices, such as a lack of contrast or lack of hierarchy. Art that's unchallenging. Bad imitations of more famous pieces. Many people include bad art as sincere attempts that just didn't work, that went awry. Most importantly, if the artist says it's bad art, I'm going to believe them because the artist knows what they intended to make. They know the work deeply and they know why it didn't work out, why they maybe tossed it to the side and had to start over. So we have several entries that when I see them, I think, well, this isn't bad at all. But the artists tell me and then I understand better why they think it's a failure. We also have, and this is very interesting to me, is the piece more bothersome or dislikable Upon repeated viewings, does more exposure to the piece make it more or less irritating? That's a really interesting way to think about bad art. Can you give me an example of what you're describing here? Sure, Lakin. I thought that was very interesting as well, and I read several articles about that very subject, that good art gets more interesting and more rewarding upon repeated viewings. However, work that people consider bad, the more you look at it, the more people dislike it. An example of that that was given was many of Thomas Kincaid's work. He is known as the painter of light, and he's hugely commercially successful. He's done many paintings of happy little cottages or Christmas scenes, and they're, seem, they're very pastel and very saccharine, very frothy and the art world loves to hate on Thomas Kincaid's work, despite or probably because of his commercial success. And his work is so sweet and so unchallenging that the more many people look at it, the more they find to pick on. <laughs> it's sort of like the earworm of visual art. It gets stuck in their heads in a very irritating way. Kind of uh, along the same lines of, that catchy pop song that you hear once or twice and suddenly it's all over the radio and you can't stand it anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that hits the nail on the head, Lakin. <laughs> so you also mentioned poor craftsmanship. For our listeners who do not practice art, visual art, what are uh, some examples of maybe the most glaring, blatant examples of poor craftsmanship that you have found in your review of submissions? Some examples of poor craftsmanship are very easy for me to see in terms of 
painters that are attempting the human figure. I think we are so familiar with the human figure, it's especially bothersome when proportions are off and you can tell it's not done intentionally. Hands and feet in particular, I know from experience, are incredibly difficult to get right. We also have a very interesting entry from a local ceramicist. And when I saw the piece, I thought, well, it looks fine to me. I don't know what's wrong with it. But after she explained it to me, she said, I was trying to use this technique, and it was my first time doing it as a student, and I did every part of it wrong, and also the lid does not fit on the piece, so it's just a failure all around. So after she explained it, I said, oh, well, okay, I'll take your word for it, because I'm not a ceramicist and would not have recognized it as bad. And as a reminder, you're listening to WEHC 90.7 FM, and this is Art Speaks. And I'm here with Alice Salyer, our digital lab manager at Art Lab and William Key Museum. And we're talking about the Art Lab educational galleries. Uh, specifically, we're talking about an upcoming exhibit, In Poor Taste, which looks at bad art. And Alice, so excited about this show. <laughs> Me too, Lakin. I can't wait to see it. I know it's coming up soon. I believe your install date is... Friday. This Friday. The 11th, yes. Friday, March 11th. Um, This show will open March 14th and run well into May. So if you've been listening and you're curious to come see bad art made by students and teachers and community artists, uh, you will have plenty of time to do so. So, Alice, as we're discussing, bad art is many things. Very true. (laughs) I myself am a fan of kitsch. I gravitate towards sequins and glitter and sometimes the very um, irreverent things in art. And I'm curious, what are your thoughts on kitsch and how it does or does not play into this bad art exhibit that you are curating? Thanks, Lake. And um, kitsch definitely falls under the umbrella of bad art, and it definitely does not. It's uh, it's definitely a twofold thing. The word kitsch is often defined as a lowbrow style of mass-produced art or design that often includes pop culture or other cultural icons. It's often seen as very sentimental and garish. Theorist Walter Benjamin describes kitsch as offering instantaneous emotional gratification. And I love that definition of kitsch. It's the junk food of art, so to speak. Now I'm suddenly self-conscious about my art dietary choices. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Me too. I, for one, love kitsch. And there are artists out there who have embraced kitsch and are turning it on its head, and it's become more and more acceptable in these, quote, institutions of fine art. And I want to plug our Instagram right here. We have been, you actually, Alice, you're the one really who's been posting about this upcoming show in our Art Lab Gallery, as well as giving some different bad art and kitsch examples. So for our listeners who are curious to see more about what Alice is talking about, you can find us on our Instagram at Art, A-R-T underscore L-A-B underscore W-K-M-A. That's art underscore lab underscore W-K-M-A. And that's on Instagram. 
And I also want to invite our listeners to feel free to at us or DM us. Maybe you've got some kitsch art of your own that you would like to share and have featured on our Instagram. Or maybe you are of a differing opinion on bad art, what constitutes bad art, and whether or not kitsch is um, an appropriate kind of art to appreciate. (laughs) We would love to hear your um, opinions, and we would love to see what you as an artist are working on or what you as a collector have in your homes and what your version or your definition of bad art is. We're very curious. We'd love to, we'd love to see it. So be sure to find us on Instagram and reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you about it. So Alice, we've talked a little bit about what constitutes bad art for this show. We've talked about kitsch. Tell us, what is your goal of this student and community exhibition? Thanks, Lakin. Well, one of the goals is we want to have a lighthearted, fun exhibit, and we are also investigating and accepting failure as an artist. If you make fun art, you already know that you go through many, many trial and errors, work that doesn't work out, work that's not good enough, work that you're disappointed with, but the general public often does not see that or understand that part of the process. If making art is a pie chart, our failures make up a good percentage of that pie chart. And there's a great many young people, students, who are deathly afraid of failure. If you're going to try to do anything, you need to understand that failure is a part of it and you need to get back up and keep going. So we want to dispel the myth that artists are some sort of creative geniuses who turn out amazing work with very little effort, because that is definitely not the case. We want people to understand that artists go through a great many failures before getting to the good work. And sometimes these failures are even more interesting than the successes and lead us down creative paths that we may have otherwise not gone down. That's such a great way to frame this show, Alice, and I'm, I'm so excited to see this come together. I couldn't have said it better myself. It's really essential that we fail in order to improve and grow as artists and, and as people as well. And this is especially important for students to hear and for students to see. But it's a great reminder for us adults, too. <laughs> exactly. Um, so many of us adults have kind of had creativity taught out of us. And so with that, I think, comes more of a fear of failure. And the show is, I think, going to be really satisfying to see and to tap into our (laughs) creative thought and see that we're not alone in our absurd ideas. And (laughs) there are artists, lots of us artists out there with lots of bad work that we have grown from. I want you to tell me a little bit about the piece you mentioned earlier to me off air and that was with uh, Richard Graves, his submission. And that's really interesting to me. Yes, it was really interesting to me, too. And we have a number of local artists who I feel are very brave in opening up to showing the work that they deem not good enough in this public space. And Richard Graves has a smallish plastic tote that he keeps under his bed of the work he deems failures. 
that he is keeping around maybe for use in other pieces later. And it is full of, when I saw it, I thought it was pretty dang good work. But it's work that he says did not work out. It's work that he has moved past conceptually. It's pieces that were commissions and didn't make the final cut. And it is a pretty large stack of work. So I'd like to thank him for being brave enough to include it in the show because we're going to set it up like a little installation and people can sift through and really get into the mind of an artist who's thinking, okay, this is not what I wanted this piece to be, but I'm keeping it around just in case or to repurpose later. Can't wait to see it. And again, this show opens uh, March 14th, which is just around the corner. Uh, we invite you all to come see this uh, bad art exhibition in Art Lab. Again, this is on the upper level of Art Lab. And the Art Lab building is our educational facility that is adjacent to the museum. And, of course, when you come down to see this pop-up exhibit, uh, be sure that you go next door and see Humor Me, which is a really in great conversation with this bad art exhibition, not because the art in Humor Me is mm -hmm. bad, but because there's a sense of humor there in that exhibition that plays really well with what we're doing next door, exploring failure and personality, and it's definitely a must-see. And as a reminder, Alice is not only our curator for this uh, educational exhibit, but she is our digital lab manager and our digital lab instructor in Art Lab. And if you like Alice's sense of humor, and I think you do, and I think you will, <laughs> uh, you will just enjoy yourself thoroughly in her classes. And uh, Alice is teaching some Adobe classes coming up in April. Alice, tell me a little bit more about those. Thanks, Lakin. We have another spring session of the Adobe Boot Camp training coming up in early April. These classes are once a week for eight weeks. We've got Adobe Photoshop, Premiere Pro, Illustrator, and InDesign. If you want to learn more technical skills to improve your fine art or your graphic design skills or your commercial art and layout skills, please come by our website and register for them. We have a temporary price drop. It's $175 for eight weeks of Adobe training. It's a career development endeavor and also a fine art endeavor. The two are not mutually exclusive at all. And we can help you make your art worse or better. Either way you want to go, <laughs> you'll get more technical skills. And as a reminder, Art Lab does not grade. No, so. there's no grading, there's no tests, <laughs> no papers to be written. This is a stress-free zone. We welcome everybody from every skill level, and uh, we just, we love to be creative together. We think creativity connects us. Exactly, Lakin. Alice, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Lakin. And again, y'all can find In Poor Taste, a celebration of truly bad art, in the upper level of Art Lab starting March 14th. This is Art Speaks on 90.7 FM.